Hey guys, welcome to Consume, podcast by me, Bert and Olivier, where I try to take a step back from my endless media consumption and reflect on it a little bit. So last week I tried uh, writing down like an extensive uh, synopsis and summary of each movie after I watched it, but this week I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to try uh, recording my thoughts each night and then uh, stitching it together at the end of the week. We'll see if it makes it better or worse. Who knows? So, first movie this week was uh, Spaceship Earth documentary from last year, which is already weird calling 2020 last year. And uh, this is the first documentary of the journey. It might be the only one I have on my watch list, which is, I should probably add more. Um, Anyways, so it's about this uh, project called Biosphere 2. It was in the desert in Arizona where some, a group of eight, uh, scientists were gonna stay, uh, in this, uh, self-sustaining environment in a structure for two years without leaving. And just a cool project. I was more, uh, the part that got me more, cause like this all started as a group of like hippies in San Francisco in like the early seventies and they became like a commune and eventually they had a ranch in Arizona called, uh, Synergia Ranch because they're all dorks. And then um, they decided to build a boat together, the Heraclitus, and just, like, sail everywhere. And the boat was interesting. It kind of had, like, an oil tanker bottom with uh, sails up top. And they actually, the boat actually worked. I was so surprised that, like, they used it to, like, go around the world. And, like, this, the part that I couldn't wrap my head around, they got funded by this billionaire, Ed Buck, who was, like, a, a oil billionaire. And... Um, they would go to different countries and they had different like ventures to help like, um, subsidize their, uh, travels. Oh, and they're also, they're a traveling like theater group. So they're doing like plays and shit this whole time. But like, they like build and like start a hotel in Africa and like an art gallery in England. And they have like a bunch of land in the Australian outback. It's just really weird. It's just like a really like weird balance of like hippie capitalists and oil money. And they, like, use these travels to, like, since they're, like, they're scientists and they're, like, studying biomes and they realize that, like, you know, the earth is probably fucked by, like, all the human uh, ignorance and, like, or, and capitalism. And so they have these conferences and these conferences lead to, like, symposiums or whatever the fuck and they just, they realize that they need to start thinking about, like, moving past earth and, like, surviving in space, which I like the, uh, they said that, like, thinking about living sustainably in space also contributes to thinking about living sustainably on the earth and i like that like feedback loop so that's cool but um yeah i also just it's hard for me to imagine living like these people and like just constantly like doing different things and creating and like it made me think like is this just is it because am i just not like this because my brain has been dulled by this constant intake of media that i am like that this whole podcast is essentially about and I don't know, like, part of me, I just feel like I'm annoyed by these people watching them, but is, am I annoyed because I'm jealous? Because I wish I was out there doing something productive like they were doing? Or do I actually think they're a bunch of, like, the way they are approaching life is, like, weird and they're losers? I genuinely, it's, that's some self-reflection that I need to do. Yeah, so this leads to them deciding to test a uh, biosphere biosphere 2 because earth is the first biosphere 
makes you think. Um, and yeah, they go in. I didn't expect them to actually make it the two years, but they did. There's little controversies and um, about like one girl injures her finger, but she so she has to leave to go to a doctor. And people are like, oh, is that like in the spirit of it? And then like people learn that they had a CO, CO2 scrubber machine and they think that's cheating, which like kind of. But I guess if you're in space, can't you have a CO2 scrubber machine? I don't know. Eventually, they also like pumped in oxygen for them. So and there's also like a subplot about like the guy who like started this commune, like how he's like more of a like cult leader but they don't really like they kind of touch on it but they don't explore it enough like there's no i guess that's a problem with this documentary there's no like narrative like a set there's no point that the uh documentarian seemed to be trying to make they were just like showing us this which is interesting it's an interesting topic but there's just no um there wasn't much framing which i feel like is necessary but anyways it was fine enough it was interesting i'm glad i watched it um i gave it three stars so yeah, uh, see you tomorrow for day two. Alright, hey guys. Welcome to day two of week four. Uh, it's a very cold day in LA today. It's cold and dreary, a lot of rain and shit. Anyways, I watched uh, Charlie Varick from 1973, neo-noir crime film uh, starring Walter Matthau. Uh, and this was a good movie. Starts out with... Uh, our boy, uh, Charlie, Walter, um, they're doing a bank robbery. It's him and two other guys and his wife. And the, uh, seems like it's going well. They're pros. But then some cops show up and things go sideways. They lose one of their partners and Charlie Varick's wife dies. And then it turns out that some of the money that they, uh, took belonged to the mob. It wasn't just bank money. So they got a lot more money than they meant to. Which leads to them, uh, you know getting more shit than they meant to be in this uh the mob sends this uh pretty intimidating hitman after them this dude named molly who uh is both a sexist and a racist so that's cool that they established that um yeah this is just a well-paced crime movie uh there's some cool car stuff these stunt drivers just did not give a fuck they were slamming all kinds of stuff there's a car versus plane <laughs> uh fight at the end of the movie leading to uh charlie's like daring getaway not daring getaway that's the wrong thing to say his like plan he has a very successful plan of how he uh can get the mob off his back but also get the money and you know it was good it was paced really well i like the pacing and everything that happens and that's something with these old movies that i think about a lot is like i've like read things about how our uh as a species like humanity's like our ability to understand stories has like gotten drastically better in the time that we've been a lot, like, in the, like, in just the past hundred years, like, when you go back and read, like, read a modern comic book compared to an old comic book from the 60s to 70s, like, 60s and 70s, there's so many words, it is, like, every picture needs a caption telling you exactly what's happening, and then, but today, modern comic books, you know, they're all just pictures, that sounds silly, all comic books are just pictures, but they let the pictures tell the story for the most part, and also, like, I think I've heard that, like, when music videos were first a thing, um, like audiences didn't understand them because it was like why is this narrative happening and why is it cutting to this band it doesn't make sense like where's the band at when what are these people doing and like movie trailers needed people talking over them like you needed a uh a narrator on a movie trailer for people to understand what was happening but now movie trailers are all just like and fucking like 
image jump cutting to another image and like we understand it now so like whenever i always like when older movies like this are like paced so well and they don't feel like they're beating you over the head with the uh exposition i'm always like pleasantly surprised it makes me think like oh maybe maybe i'm being maybe i think too harshly of an older generation maybe like maybe we do understand stories better than I thought, like, or whatever. Um, so that was one of my main thoughts with this movie. But then I was reading the trivia or the Wikipedia and like Walter Matthau did not like this movie. He didn't understand it. He even sent a note to the director saying, I have seen it three times and of, and am of slightly better than average intelligence. IQ 120. I guess he wrote down his IQ. That's a real beta move. Uh, but I still don't quite understand what's going on. Is there a device we can use to explain to people what they're seeing? So the guy who was in the movie, who read the script and acted it, he still didn't understand the story and the pacing. So maybe they were all dumb. It's weird. Um, Also, (laughs) it is very funny that Walter Matthau is the lead in this movie, because like if they did this movie today, like the cool, calm, like charming, collected, uh, like bank robber who used to be a um air show stuntman like this would be fucking uh what's his name ryan gosling this would 100 percent be a ryan gosling movie if they made it today but no in this you have walter Matthau being cool setting up like traps and like sleeping with this secretary after like threatening her life it's just very funny to me um but you know uh, this movie is very good. I highly recommend it. It's a, I like crime stories and this is a very good crime story told very well with some fun stuff in it. Uh, four stars is what I give it. But yeah, that's day two. See you guys tomorrow. All right. Day three. Um, another cold day in LA. It's 49 degrees. Fucking freezing. I, uh, I waited for an hour and a half, over an hour and a half, for a vegan um, crab cake po' boy today. So annoying. Because, like, it's something I wanted to support. It was the Vegan Exchange LA. They used to do, like, a street fair. But now they have, like, this drive-up system where you order the day before. And then uh, you, like, pull up there and they, like, look at your order on the email. Then they bring it to you in your car. And I was hoping it would go smooth because it's something I would like to support, but, uh, no, that fucking sucked. I mean, the sandwich was fine, but, like, God, I was so pissed by the end. Which, I guess, I feel like getting mad about waiting for your vegan po'boy is a very L.A. experience these days, which is appropriate for, uh, today's movie. I watched Swingers from 1996 with, uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn and that dude from Office Space, um... And I, I don't know, I've kind of avoided this movie for a while because I thought it seemed silly. But actually, it was like a pretty good uh, portrayal of life in L.A. I mean, at least for me, a bunch of like shitty white dudes who moved to L.A. hopes of being an actor or something. And he lives in his uh, like shitty apartment. And it was actually John Favreau's apartment, which like not too far from where I live maybe like a couple miles, or a mile maybe, uh, and it looks like you can tell it's like built around the same time as my apartment and like uh, apartments I've been in, but yeah, uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought, the, um, so like John Favreau is this 
struggling comedian actor and he's like trying to get over a relationship that ended like six months ago and he's just pathetic over this girl and he's neurotic the whole time and every all is it's all he can talk about with his friends and they're all like trying to help him get over it uh the uh, movie starts with him and Vince Vaughn driving to Vegas and like man wouldn't a spontaneous trip to Vegas be nice right now there was a lot of stuff in this movie that made me just miss the world before COVID them just like driving around going to uh different bars and like house parties and I think like especially because they were doing it like in my neighborhood like literally a couple of the bars they went to are like right down the street from me uh it just just made me uh you know, I miss being able to do things. As of this recording, uh, tomorrow Gavin Newsom is trying to lift the stay-at-home orders. And that's right after I just read a post about how the virus is more transmissible, so we should all be wearing two masks at once. A surgical mask and a cloth mask. <sighs> so, you know, things are great here. Um, anyways, back to the movie. So it's basically just about them hanging out and him, uh, John Favreau's friends, trying to, like, pump him up to get over his girl, his, uh x and um at the end he meets this girl lorraine who's played by heather graham and she's always nice she's just like has a very pleasant energy in most things she's in and uh yeah of course like it takes him like finding another girl to like get over the girl but whatever it's kind of how it is though like part of this movie that wasn't relatable was the whole like swing culture thing like i like a few cherry pop and daddy songs you know zoot suit riot Okay, maybe it's just the one Cherry Pop and Daddy song, but I don't get the whole swing thing. Um, so that was weird. Also, like, the way Vince Vaughn's character talked was maddening at times. Just, like, honey, baby, like, calling all girls, like, babies. Like, all the beautiful babies. It was weird. Especially, like, at the end, how they cap it off of, like, his, uh, like, the last, like, throwaway scene is, like, Vince Vaughn thinking a girl's, like, flirting with him, but she's literally just making faces at a baby. Real weird. Also, there's, you know, there's some, uh, 90s, uh, very un-PC stuff. Like, he, like, asks if being attracted to a girl dressed like Dorothy makes him, uh, like Dorothy from Wizards of Oz, that makes him, uh, an F, F-slur, which is, like, <laughs> the, uh, the Twitter meme, like, fellas, is it gay to be attracted to a woman? <laughs> um, there's also this... Movie's also nice because, like, you can tell it's, uh, low budget and, like, that they just love movies. Like, they, it's silly, but I liked the, the very, like, meta scene of them stealing the, uh, like, talking about Quentin Tarantino stealing from movies while stealing the Tarantino trope of them sitting in a diner in a circle and, like, it going around and then they stole the, uh, Reservoir Dogs, like, walking down the alley shot and then later they stole the Goodfellas shot of, like, walking through the back of the restaurant and into the, to the bar so that was cute. It's fun stuff. Yeah. This was, uh, like I said, I enjoy this more than I thought. I rated it 3.5 stars, but, like, I'm wondering if it might be closer to an actual, like, solid 4. Um, but we'll leave it at 3.5 for now. Alright, so I'm, uh, I'm gonna turn on this $20 space heater I got from Target and read a Harley Quinn comic, and I'll, uh, see you guys tomorrow. Okay, day four. Here we go. Again, very cold day in LA. I tried going for a walk earlier and I got half a block and immediately turned around because it was too windy and cold. I just couldn't handle it. <clears throat> it's fun. It's uh, it's Monday. 
uh, Gavin Newsom opened up all of our uh, restaurants and stuff again here in California. So that's fun. I'm not sure if I mentioned that yesterday. And I also spent like 40 minutes to an hour last night researching new masks uh, or mask types for uh, that are the best at filtration because of all these new, fun, highly transmissible versions of COVID. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, I suggest the uh, the KF94 mask, because it's not the one that the hospitals use. And uh, I watched this guy's like 30-minute video. It's actually really like a nice watch. He uh, explained everything. Did a lot of percentage tests and like of like using the mask after like however many hours and like leaving them out in dif- different conditions. So yeah, get a ten pack of those uh ninety four masks and then just like cycle through them and you should be able to use them for a long time. So that's really nice. In case you're wondering, that Harley Quinn comic that I mentioned in the last segment was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I like whenever uh Jimmy Palmiotti and a uh, Amanda Connor write Harley. She's always very fun. Good art, too. I wish Amanda Connor had drawn the whole thing, but, uh, you know. Um, anyways, today's movie. Um, today's movie was Fast Color from 2018, uh, and this was a pretty good little, uh, they call it an American superhero drama film. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a nice, like, comfortable watch. It was about this, uh, this woman, uh, Fuck, I can't even remember that. Ruth. And it takes a while to, like, figure out exactly, like, what the powers are and what's happening. It takes place in a, uh, like, near future where it hasn't rained in eight, in eight years. So, like, water's really scarce and they charge a lot for water. Um, and she's on the run from something. And then we learn pretty quickly that she has these seizures that cause earthquakes. Um, and she's, like, bouncing around trying to... And then she, like, runs into a guy who, like, is, like, a... A white dude who like is seems nice but of course he turns out to be a scientist who like wants her blood to test her um so she's like running away and like in this small town and like hiding in a abandoned hotel and stuff um i spent most of this part of the movie just thinking about how this society would work because she's in like these like broke down areas and there's a cafe and uh that she goes to in like a bar and people are just hanging out normally at a bar but like everything it would take to run these businesses would be so expensive if you have to pay like twenty dollars for a half gallon of water or whatever so i don't know i was distracted thinking about that for a lot of it um and then finally we get to ruth she gets to this house and it's uh there's an older woman and a young girl living there and they also have powers it turns out and it's ruth's family it's her mother and her daughter that she had to give up while she was out on the run, uh, trying to hide her powers. But it turns out the whole family have powers. Uh, they can all do this thing where they take, you can take things and make them disintegrate and then make them reform. And then when you do that, you also see these like cool colors. It's like an after effect. And that's why this movie's called Fast Color. And, um, I guess I should mention these are all black women. So it's very like, it's, uh, a cool, it's cool to see a it's always hard to say this as like a white man especially like a straight white man commenting on anything like this but um it's a it's nice to see a family of color uh and like the story be centered around them and uh this is like someone in like a review i read was like this is what like marvel wishes they had which is like a nice consistent superhero story told with people of color uh which i agree um they need to work on that that review also had a, a vegan alert 
in it oh uh, for when she was in the diner earlier and she's like vegan alert she orders an egg and it, like i'm pretty much vegan too but like come on i don't think we needed a warning for that um anyway so she gets to this back to the house with her um mother and daughter and uh we learned that this is like a familial thing and um she slowly gets like tracked they're like they decide to try and help her like get her powers back because that's the problem with ruth is that she had seizures she like used to be able to do the stuff like the disintegrate thing when she was younger but then she started to get seizures and that's caused the earthquake and then she like became a drug addict and when she was on drugs she couldn't like connect to her powers and that kept the seizures away for a while which like i I guess helped drive her into drugs and but now ruth is trying to be sober and trying to be on the right path and she keeps having these flashbacks to something where like a water pipe burst and a wall cracks um so it's obviously some like big event that we're supposed to know about or we're gonna we're gonna learn about it later eventually they you know they get a they find out that the cops are the cops and the government are close so ruth tries to run away again and then she has another seizure and like she has a breakthrough and we see the full flashback and it turns out she like when she first had her kid lila um she had a seizure and for some reason the room that she had a seizure in had a water pipe just like not even in the wall just like outside of the wall so the pipe burst and uh when she comes to from the seizure her daughter was like in the flood like under the dirty water she couldn't see her so she had to like search and it was a miracle that she didn't die but now that like ruth is older and she's come to terms with it she like knows her daughter's face she uh, has her breakthrough and then she like makes it rain with her powers um so you know huge for this society uh then they go back and like the movie ends with um the grandmother Bo like accepting their fate and like turning herself into government so the mother and daughter can run away um and uh yeah it ends like on a nice kind of hopeful message it ends with them like her getting a note the ruth getting a note from her grandmother that there there are other families like them and like to go look for them so it ends like on a nice like hopeful note and uh apparently there's gonna be an amazon series based on this which is cool which is i'm glad they're gonna like explore this world more um so yeah it was kind of like where's this the critical reception i like this quote from amy nicholson um of variety said like ultimately fast colors thesis is more inspirational than the film which often seems like it too is struggling to swirl itself into something more solid instead its magical sparks don't quite congeal as the audience can't help hoping a movie this empathetic and unusual reaches transcendence which is a fancy way of saying something that i felt the whole time it was like it felt like i like them using the i like her using of the movie's metaphor because when they break stuff down it like swirls in the air and like come back to exactly what it was before um which it feels like this movie it was a lot of cool stuff swirling but it like it didn't come back together whole necessarily until like until the very end and you get that nice like hopeful moment um so yeah it was good it was a nice comfortable watch i I recommend it i gave it four stars um (laughs) oh uh looking at looking at my notes here one thing that bothered me there was like a another thing with the like logistics of this society they they go to like a convenience store like a grocery store and it just looks like a rundown store and like they have like all the aisles and like everything's like sparse like spread out there's like random it looks like uh someplace that was ransacked in like a zombie movie which bothered me just because like if you're running the store like you're telling me you wouldn't consolidate and like make everything look nicer and like move it up on the shelves like it's been eight years you know what this world is like like come on um 
yeah, that just bothered me. Also, the trivia section on IMDb, which I usually read for every movie. The one for this one's weird. It's like someone just, like, read an interview and then just, like, cut up the little sentences into all the trivia bits. And they also, like, inserted their own, like, uh, commentary throughout it. Like, there's one trivia is, like, the final sequence, which is, like, where Ruth is making it, like, rain in the street as they, like, face down the government goons. Uh, they were, like visual effects if try to suggest that they like film it at night because it's easier to do the effects but the director insisted it's during daylight so it's more powerful and the person who wrote this trivia knows like certain filmmakers behind movies about giant lizards and huge fighting robots should take a note and it's like okay yeah we get it we know that (laughs) movie directors put too many dark rainy scenes at night for their big effect shots everybody knows that you don't need to editorialize in the imdb trivia section this is just for movie trivia nothing else (laughs) anyways um yeah fine movie uh and that's it for today see you tomorrow okay day five man it's a weird day for me i like fucked up my usual schedule usually i've been lately i've been like going to sleep at like four or five and waking up at 11 a.m and then last night i like but out, but last night I actually like went to sleep at like two, so I woke up at like eight thirty. Threw my whole shit off because I've been like making dinner and watching my movie around like seven, six or seven, and then I'll like I've been doing yoga at like midnight because that's when it's like quiet and everybody's asleep. But also I fucked it up because I I made myself spaghetti and garlic bread, <laughs> and so I was just way too full to do yoga. I got like halfway through it and I had to stop. And I still feel off. I don't feel great today. Um, But anyways, today's movie. I watched, uh, to fulfill the usual Western quota, I watched Jonah Hex from 2010. And I don't know if it was low expectations, but like, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Because this movie seems to be like, hated. Which I don't get. Like, I'm in... I read the Wikipedia entry and, like, the trivia and, like, all the actors, like, think it's bad. Like, everyone's, like, apologizing for it. Like, they all committed a crime. (laughs) Megan Fox considers this to be her worst movie. And, like, she's in fucking Transformers. I like this better than Transformers. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. Um, yeah, I thought this was fun. It's weird. Like, this is, like, The Losers a couple weeks ago. This is, like, a very 2010 movie which is like and especially because it's a comic book movie because this is like when did iron man come out iron man came out like 2008 so all these companies have like realized that there's money in comic book movies but they still don't know exactly like what to do with it so they're just throwing money at these things so like this has a good cast like there's josh brolin and megan fox and michael fassbender and john malkovich and uh michael shannon michael shannon in a role that i don't even remember um but yeah so if you don't know jonah hex is like He's a Western comics character. He's in this movie. His backstory is he's a Confederate soldier who, like, when ordered to burn down a hospital, he refuses. And so he, uh, in, in like, in order to stop the plot, he has to, he ends up having to kill his best friend. And so the general, who's father of the of the best friend, like, kills uh, Jonah Hex's family and makes him watch and like scars his face which leads to him having this like nasty his like trademark nasty like face scar where he always has like a hole open he like see his teeth at all times um makes him watch and like leaves him for dead but 
this is where the movie adds some weird stuff. They, like, added a thing where some Native Americans found him and, like, revived him with some, like, ritual that, like, gives him the ability to, like, resurrect the dead. Like, if he touches a dead body, they come back to life, which I'm not sure... Because in the movie, he does this once in front of other people. And I'm not sure if the other people, like, they were kind of far away. If they saw the body come back to life. Or if this is, like, a purely, like, mental thing. Where he, like, sees them coming back. Anyways, it's a weird addition to the character. So, like, Jonah, after he's, like, um, brought back, he becomes basically, like, a bounty hunter. Like, Western Punisher. Because he thinks that the guy who killed his family is already dead. Um, they even say he, like, is out to punish. Which I thought was funny. Um, the Native American thing is weird. That was, like, that was a part of the movie missteps, because they don't even, like, introduce, like, Native American characters or anything. I think his wife and son are Native American, like, when you see him in a flashback later. So maybe that's the connection, but besides that, um, it was just some weird mystic white man shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so the plot is, turns out that the guy, John Malkovich, didn't actually die. And he's, like, plotting this crazy thing where, um, he's gonna attack America on its 100th birthday and the government finds out that he has this plan, so they hire Jonah to track him down, because they know he's personal for him, and he'll do it. And Malkovich is using a, uh, a super weapon. He has a super weapon created by Eli Whitney, the guy who made the cotton gin, which I still don't understand exactly how this weapon works. It's like a giant gun that shoots these like massive cannonballs that land, but then if you shoot a smaller ball that looks like a dragon ball, it's like a small, like orange, glowy ball. If you shoot that near the other balls it explodes and then it makes the bigger balls explode it's a weird weapon um and it's like on a ship so you can like use it up and down the coast um so yeah so that's the what they're trying to stop um megan fox plays a prostitute who's like in love with jonah hex and i think this is a lot a lot of people had problems with the way she was represented in the movie but i thought granted i'm a straight white male so great assault but like i thought they portrayed her pretty well she seemed to like have a handle on herself. She was, um, she didn't take any shit. She, like, at the end, like, whenever she's helping Jonah fight John Malkovich, like, they seem to be equals to me. Like, she's never damseled, and she actually, like, helps him a little more than he helps her. I don't know. I liked her in this. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's a quick, pretty fun movie. The music's good. Uh, I should have known, like, there's a lot of, like, weird, like, almost like sludge metal like stoner riffs in this and then i realized after that the band mastodon helped make this and mastodon's a band that like i've always feel like i should be into but i never quite did but you know they do good stuff and i like the soundtrack a lot for this i like the score there's some cool um there's especially there's one scene where like jonah hex is having like a like daydream as he's about to die of like fighting john malkovich and there's just really cool uh riffs in that part so yeah i don't know if you go on to watch this, just remember it's a fucking 2010 movie full of silly explosions and just have fun with it. It's a good time. Uh, I gave it um, 3.5 stars. So yeah, that's all I got. Hopefully I don't feel as weird tomorrow. Um, see ya. Oh, alright. It's Wednesday. Day 6. You know what that means. What does that mean? It's new comic book day. We went to the shop today. That was nice. Picked up some fun stuff. Got a couple of, weirdly, a couple of Christmas covers came out. So I got some stuff for my Christmas collection. New Daredevil. I'm really, I'm really digging Daredevil right now. It's good stuff. Uh, the new Batman Black and White has David Aha's first uh, 
DC story, which is cool. He was one of my favorite artists from that Hawkeye run he did. <sighs> Still feeling a little off. I think I might actually have like a gluten thing. I don't know. I just Googled gluten allergy and like all the symptoms are like things that I've been feeling. Granted, if I told you my diet today, <laughs> you'd be like, no wonder you feel like shit. I had a can of cold brew uh, when I woke up at 11 and then I didn't eat until like 3 whenever I had a bowl of that spaghetti that I said yesterday made me feel like shit because I just wanted to see. I wanted to test it. And then like an hour or so after that, we went to the store and we decided to drive through Fat Burger. It's the first time I've been there since the shutdown. I'm glad we did because fuck that. You know, their Impossible Burger is great. But also they got vegan shakes now. And I got the banana shake. Oh, fucking one of the best shakes I've ever had. It was so goddamn good. It was like, uh, it like tasted like, it was like real banana, but there's some like fake banana like zest in there, you know? It's like halfway in between. Oh, and I also got those at the store. I got those new Java chip Oreos. Uh, I was hoping that those would be a game changer, but they're, um, they're kind of a disappointment. They're kind of middle of the road. They're still nice, but, uh, not as mind-blowing as I wanted them to be. I'm stalling. I'm stalling because this was the first movie. Today's movie was the first one that I did not like, which is pretty impressive to get 27 days in to this project and like all the movies. So I didn't say this for yesterday, but I had uh, I have been using the randomizer for the past couple days, or for yesterday, today, and tomorrow's movie, because I got a email from Tubi saying that they're going to take some movies off at the end of January, so I wanted to watch these before they were gone. And so today's movie was is Police Story Lockdown. Um, it's a Jackie Chan movie, which is why I watched it, because it's who fucking doesn't love a Jackie Chan movie? And... It feels wrong that I'm about to bash this, but this movie was just bad. It was rough. It was poorly constructed and like overly complicated. And yeah, yeah, he. So I've watched the first police story a long time ago. It was like a, this is like a six-part series that Jackie Chan's done, where usually he's playing a Hong Kong cop, and for some reason it was a big deal that he's playing a mainland. Chinese cop in this like that was a I guess it's, that's probably a bigger deal to Chinese people than it is to people here but um so he plays a cop who's going to meet his daughter at this weird bar in this area the bars in this area of a Chinese town that kind of looks like like city walk like everything looks themed and like this bar is like an old factory but it has like giant like fake chains out front um so yeah he's there to meet his daughter and she's like a little punky girl who's like lashing out at his authority or whatever. And she's ends up, she's dating the guy who owns the bar. And then uh, a commotion happens while they're having their like argument. And then a Santa uh, slaps Jackie, knocks him out, which yeah, this is around Christmas. I was excited. I was hoping this be more of like a Christmas movie. I think they were trying to go for like a diehard kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so the, it turns out that her boyfriend, the owner of this bar, like is a bad guy. He used to be a kickboxer and he's trapped people here and we don't know why for a while and it turns out it's because his sister died and so he invited all the people who were there when his sister died to find out what really happened it's long it's fucking convoluted it's the pacing is just really bad um yeah and like they just it felt like they were making it complicated for the sake of being complicated even the action wasn't that great and like for a jackie chan movie like he does some cool stuff but i just did not care i just wasn't even like excited by it huh and like 
So this is already a bad movie, and then it doesn't help that the dubbing was really bad. Like, I should have probably just watched subtitles, but I, the dub was available, so I put it on. Because usually it's a Jackie Chan movie, like, he does his own voice, and that's always nice to hear. But, like, everyone else was just fucking awful. And, like, randomly, like, some of the people, like, had Australian accents. Which, I mean, like, maybe there's some, like, Chinese, like, nuance they're getting at. Like, oh, this is, like, a different Chinese dialect, so we gave them an Australian accent. Maybe. I don't know if I'd give the directors of the the dub that much credit, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, it was just it was just tough to get through. I found myself just getting annoyed at everyone. Yeah, here's um, I don't even got anything else to say. I don't I don't really <laughs> I don't want to keep talking about this. So this movie, I would have just given this movie half a star, but it had a add a blooper reel at the end and watching it jackie chan blooper reel is always a delight so that bumped it up a star so 1.5 stars for police story lockdown yeah so that's it we'll see you tomorrow okay day seven last day of the week and uh you know it's a rainy day in la you might hear it because i am recording in my living room that has no acoustics or sound blocking whatever the right thing to say would be there anyways last movie of the week we ended on another uh another dud unfortunately this was a <laughs> death racers from 2008 and you may think that i'm silly for expecting something from this because this is an insane clown posse movie where the bad guy is played by Raven from WCW. But I watched uh, Big Money Wrestlers recently, which is like um, ICP's uh, Western comedy. And it was funny. It was good. I'm like, as I've grown, I now like realizing like ICP is actually kind of cool. At least they get more shit than they deserve. Like, yeah, they do, like, some problematic stuff. You know, they say a bunch of slurs. Like, I don't think they say them anymore. And, like, I can't judge because I was saying horrible uh, slurs uh, and thought they were funny in high school. You know, I'm a millennial, so I can't judge too hard on that. I just like that they, like, they're, like, the way that you should be when you're rich. Like, you should make your money, have your fans, and then, like, do cool stuff with the money like live comfortably and then just like put all your money into just like having fun like because uh, they don't mess with anyone they don't like buy ads for their stuff they don't promote their stuff all the time um <laughs> like they've been doing a lot of live stream stuff through the pandemic and um i don't know how i'm so aware of icp's coming go i'm in a discord with uh, some wrestling fans and we all like trashy death metal stuff and so of course that means struggle stuff and they did a wrestling show inside violent jay's house that was really cool like they, he literally just like it was his actual house which is like some like modest two-story with like a side level with a game room in detroit and he just like actually let them just fuck up his house <laughs> for fun for the show and it was cool it was fucking sick it was so much fun and so yeah it was just cool to, like to see like oh this is his house they just take all their money and then they just like he just lives has a nice little comfortable house not a huge mansion not a crazy property all the rest of the money goes into making stuff for the fans 
So that's why I like respect ICP and I was expecting more from this movie but it was just so fucking boring so it's basically it's death racers it's supposed to be like a takeoff of death race and the plot is this is the year 2033 I think and society has like you know there's martial law and society's crumbling and so they put all the prisoners in this place called the red zone so it's a kind of like escape from New York situation and Raven is playing a uh, prisoner who um He's somehow a mastermind, and he's trying to get a lot of sarin gas, which I'm not sure if sarin does what they say it does, but it's like apparently highly volatile, and he wants to poison the water table and destroy the planet. And so to stop him, the city's in, um, this red zone is in California, like in the desert. So to stop him, the governor, who is in Los Angeles, decides to have a death race because the government can't go into the red zone for some reason so they have a death race where these prisoners can end their uh can end their uh sentences by going and killing raven and they get points for however many criminals they kill along the way and there's four teams in the race there's um two like mexican gangbangers who are one of them dies right away and the other one is just a horrible like racist stereotype the whole time the next team is called homeland security it's two white guys in a jeep they're assholes then there's vagina mite which is the problem maybe the best thing in the movie and it's uh two women uh what were their names double d destruction and queen b and they're in a sports car and then there's the insane clown posse of course and they have a uh ice cream truck with the top chopped off of it and a uh like a bulldozer front that has a mouth and a meat grinder on it sounds cool right no it's a function act the action is horrible they're just on some like it's mostly like the race quote-unquote is on like a like a back lot by like a car rental lot and they're going like three miles per hour i don't know it was just disappointing it there's a lot of like silly gore and bad jokes and um bad special effects and then uh, everyone dies the end so a dud another dud unfortunately um i gave this two stars mostly just it would have been one star but i did it i had more fun watching this than i did watching police story yesterday and also at least like i said this uh violent J. whenever they made this he thought it was terrible and he's like we can do better and then that led to them making big money wrestlers so at least we have that to thank for it but yeah that's the end of um week four it was overall pretty good week movie wise and i'm feeling a little bit better today kind of if you're wondering i was able to do the whole yoga video that's nice all right so that's it for this week and uh see you next time